0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 169 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. Great show for everybody today. Excited to jump into it, and we'll start it off by jumping straight into the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's, and O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. It's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. Starting off by talking about the American Raptors They released their preseason roster on Monday uh, It's a good blend of players A handful of South Americans There's one Canadian Decent chunk of MLR players And one core group of crossover athletes That has been here throughout the whole time um, And I think they've they've got enough talent to, to compete They're going to be competitive um, I think the addition of the South Americans Is, is a big plus Because um, they have experience in the league And they know what it's going to take and, and they can kind of you know, teach the the, the Raptors players, you know, the, the crossover guys and the MLR guys, the guys that haven't played in the competition, um, what it's going to be like in training and, and that good stuff. So I'm um, excited to, for this to get going. I'm ready to see it in action. I know I can say that that roster is not final. It's a preseason roster. There's going to be some, um, some cuts and some additions as well. some of those additions come on the back of the Raptors announcing today that they have a partnership with Columbia. They'll see four Colombians uh, join the squad as soon as the visas get cleared. If you listen to the show a couple of weeks ago, you'll know that's what I asked Mark Bullock. um, And he said it basically boils down to visa issues and there's nothing anybody can really do about it, right? Um, But that's kind of the case with that. Um, And other than that, week two has gone smoothly from what I can gather. Um, preparation continues for Seattle, which is in, you know, less than a month now. Uh, so things are coming quickly. Um, but it's been cool to see them back at work. Um, I'm impressed by the roster. We'll talk a little bit more about the pieces and stuff when we get closer to the season and we get a little bit better of an understanding of who's going to be on the team. That's when we'll kind of go through all that stuff. Um, but if you're interested in checking it out, it's on the Raptors' social media, so go and look at that. If you want to see who's on the team. Um, and that I think that about does it for the Raptors' part of the breakdown. We um, obviously have a lot more to cover with Samu Smith coming up here in the interview portion of the show. Uh, moving into the MLR piece of the breakdown, the, really the only thing I have to add is that MLR teams reported for the season earlier this week, so they're rolling. Um, it's going to be exciting spring of rugby for sure. Let's go ahead and move into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. All the rugby you can watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oils and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. So, round three of the Challenge Cups going on this weekend. You can catch that on Flow Rugby. Round three of the Champions Cups also happening this weekend, and you can also catch that on Flow Rugby. Uh, we got round seven of the Allianz Premier Fifteens. You can watch a couple of those matches on Premier Fifteens dot com, and then we have a handful of NCR uh, Collegiate All Star matches this weekend, and you can catch that on NCR's YouTube page. So that's gonna be fun. A lot of rugby to watch, mix in with your uh, your NFL playoffs that get rolling this weekend too. So you have plenty to watch this weekend. Um, That's what I'm looking to do is just watch some sports. Let's go ahead and move into the interview portion of the show. This interview with American Raptors utility back Samu Smith is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit GuardLab.com. I really enjoyed this chat with Samu Smith, a really intelligent guy that has a unique view of the world, I think. and, And I think you get a little peek into the way he thinks about things with some of the answers that he gives me in this interview. Uh, really did enjoy talking to him, though. I'm surprised I haven't had him on yet because uh, he has been a part of this Raptors core for the last couple of years now. Um, and it's cool because he was one of the guys that came to the Raptors with rugby experience. It was the XOs at that time, but he had some rugby experience. But he is like the model for this program. He played college football for a year before he t- started to take rugby really seriously um, and fell in love with it. And he's become, you know, one of the best players on this team definitely um and and one of the guys that helped steady the ship helped the new guys kind of come along um and has been able to provide that guidance from the time he's been here and just help people understand the game a lot better so i really enjoyed this chat with samu smith i hope you do as well um let's go ahead and kick it to my conversation with american raptors utility back samu smith all right, please welcome onto the show American Raptors Utility Back, Samu Smith. Samu, how's it going, man? It's going
1: well. It's going really well. Just got back from recovery, so thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining me, man. I always enjoy talking to you guys, and I appreciate you taking some time on your off day uh, to come chat with me for a little bit. So, Samu, the first question I ask, everybody that comes on the show, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from?
1: Well, my name is Samu Smith. I was born in West Africa, in Liberia. Uh, my mom's from Guinea, conakry I immigrated to the United States in 2000. Um, I went to the, or I immigrated to the state of New Hampshire, um, and Concord, New Hampshire is where I grew up. Went to college in Connecticut, so I'd say the Northeast. Honestly, um, I've been in New York. I've been all over the Eastern Coast, but um, I guess New Hampshire is home.
0: Yeah, and, I, and just kind of from reading up on you, and obviously uh, you've played for the Raptors slash XOs a little for a little bit now. So got to know you a little bit, and you have an interesting background it kind of sounds like so i'm looking forward to getting into that um and we'll just i guess kind of just start in high school i know you played football basketball uh, and ran some track so just tell me about you know playing sports in high school a little bit
1: yeah so um i never really concentrated on one sport i was um a jack of all trades i played football basketball baseball track and field um, I was in the band. I was a saxophone player. I was going to um,
0: ask. That was my next question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was um, an Eagle Scout as well. So, I mean, I had my hand on a bunch of things, um, which was great. Uh, it was fun. It was awesome. and made, um, I don't know, living in New Hampshire a lot more bearable. I don't know if you guys ever been to New Hampshire mm-hmm. or know about it, but there's not too much to do. Um, it's not that diverse either, but, you know, um, it was a great experience growing up out there. Um, just because of the fact that I was involved in so many um, different activities.
0: Very nice. And you went to college to play football, is that right? You played at, where was this, Southern Connecticut State? What position yeah. did you play?
1: I was a wide receiver. Were you? Um, I was a weak side wide receiver. Um, always thought I should have been open side, but I was an X. <laughs> so I was always on the quarterback's back shoulder for those one-on-ones.
0: Um, nice. Yeah. And you only played for one year, right? Why, what kind of like when your decision to stop playing and, and when did you kind of get into rugby?
1: Well, you know, I'm sure a lot of football players know this story. You go to a school with um, high expectations. They tell you they're going to give you things if you perform. And I performed and I took the job pretty serious, um, as I always have. And um, I didn't get the the promises that were given to me or they didn't keep their promises. Um, So my sophomore year, I realized quickly that I was wasting my time because college football is another job Mm -hmm. and um, I was doing the whole school thing on the side. Um, I mean, I was there primarily for school, but, you know, just having football there, it was just it was messing with my mental. So I told myself that I was going to quit, even though I had high hopes of like possibly playing in the NFL. I always thought that was a good football player and I just came from uh, the wrong state for it. Um, So I quit early and just focused on my degree and yeah.
0: Very nice. When did you start playing rugby then?
1: So yeah, the the spring of my sophomore year, I quit the after that fall season, or no, I quit before the fall season, um, and I went to a house party, and it was a rugby party, and the guys were just wondering why I was there. It was a Friday night, and they're like, Don't, isn't there a football game tomorrow, and aren't you like the starting wide receiver? And I told them um, what had happened, and that I was no longer on the football team, and they asked me the question, like, do you know anything about rugby? And I told them straight up, um, not no, because growing up in New Hampshire, one of my buddies, Jonah Mosier, um, he grew up near Ameskeg, um, New Hampshire, or the Ameskeg area, which is like Manchester, New Hampshire. And they um, had a history of rugby teams like his uncle played. So I think the summer before I went to college, um, I went to like my first touch game with um, some locals and... You know, I was I was a wide receiver, so I already knew how to cut, and the stepping aspect of rugby was already, like, inbred in me. Um, so when that ta- – I mean, when the time came to, to play college rugby, um, I said, yeah, I knew a little bit but not too much, and they told me to come to practice the next day on Saturday morning, and, um, yeah, the rest <laughs> was history.
0: And <laughs> practice after the, the, the big party? Yeah. <laughs> People moving a little bit slow, I'm sure. So – Uh, So you're playing in college. How did you kind of wind up, I guess, with with Rugby United New York? That seems kind of like the next big jump, right? Like how did that opportunity present itself, and what was that experience like?
1: So after playing with um, Southern for a season, um, I just became a rugby, um, excuse my language, whore. Like I was playing anywhere I could. I played with Greenwich Men's Club, New Haven Men's Club. Hartford men's club um, even back home in the summertime with MSK rugby club and I was just trying to get as much experience as possible. I also like joined the sevens um, circuit and was playing with Bulldog rugby and um, I think it was my junior year of um, college. I was playing with New Haven men's club in the summertime. We had a really good team and we played against our rivals Fairfield men's club and i um, I, I guess uh, they had a couple forwards that um, Mike Tolkien, the former head coach of Rugby United New York, in their inaugural season, back in like 2018, I believe it was. Um, he was looking at a couple forwards, and I was there, and I was just doing my thing, using my footwork, um, being athletic, um, and I guess I showed promise. And he invited me to his preseason camp, and um, I went out there preseason, had the most tries out of everybody in the preseason. Um, i think we played like three games um we played against um the free jacks before they became the free jacks Mm -hmm. they had a solid team we played against um a dc select side and um yeah i I showed promise and mike um gave me a a part-time contract and so that senior year of college i was going back and forth from new york to new haven connecticut it wasn't ideal for a college kid it's 'Cause um the taxes or the tolls to get into New York every time yeah. was fifteen dollars, you oh. know. That was heavy. <laughs> I was driving there, I had a girlfriend at the time and she was just yeah, it was <laughs> it was messy, but you know, you gotta do things to yeah. to reach your goals. And I always wanted to be a professional athlete, you know, I wanted to see that through. So when the opportunity came out, you know, I took it.
0: What is the time what's like the time of the commute from New Haven to New York?
1: Um, I'd say two two hours, fifteen minutes. Wow.
0: It's like, that's not that bad if you're doing it every so often, but I'm sure as often as you're having to do it, that, that adds up. And that's a lot of time for sure. Moving back and forth. And like you said, a lot of money. Yeah. I was wondering like how people, and this is because I've never lived in a place with tolls, but like every time I've been to the Bay area, like I went to New York for the first time last year. Like, what if you just don't have like money on you? Do you, you just get like charged to your car and you get like a bill later? Like how yeah. does that work? That's yeah, like how you, it works. You
1: called it right there. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll scan your license plate and they'll find out your address and they'll send you a bill for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why a lot of people have Easy Pass. You know, you can just like yeah. put fifty dollars on your Easy Pass at the beginning of the month and not have to worry about it. Uh, yeah.
0: Interesting. Uh, when did you this is like a question I like to ask guys like you say who have played rugby for a little bit and then even now, like some of the guys that are crossing over right now, when did you like realize that rugby was fun? Like do you remember like the specific moment? Was it your first training? Was it the first time you scored a try? Like when did when did it kinda click for you that this was something that you really liked doing?
1: Um, I think I take it all the way back to that touch game um in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, the second I stepped somebody, I was like, oh wow. yeah, <laughs> This could be fun because it was effortless for me. Like for some reason, I didn't think twice, someone was coming to, t- I mean, to tackle me or to touch me. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just saw the space and naturally moved into it. And I was like, wait. And the reaction that I got out of it and the fact that I saw that um, not too many people could do it and not too many people like utilize that footwork and um, that skill. I guess i was like all right this is something i could take very far and could make the the base or the foundation of my rugby um career if i ever went that way yeah because um, my buddy he was like really encouraging me to adopt rugby and um i already told him that I, I was going to southern for football but it was always in the back of my mind so i guess it's like the the second you find something within rugby that you can like em- embrace as your own and like know that that's what you bring to the table, you know, some people it's tackling aggressiveness, leadership. Um, for me, it's just footwork, you know, just being very active in space. Uh, I think I'm one of the best, um, at that in the States, honestly, but that's just me.
0: I would agree. I I feel like I've seen you play enough now and I've watched enough rugby that you do have a, a different step. Definitely. Um, so I wanted to kind of get back into the timeline of things and then we'll talk more about, you know, the, the Raptors and stuff. So, in between joining, uh, I mean, when you leave Rooney and you come to the XO's, like, you joined the military? Is that right? Yeah. What, what kind of went into that decision?
1: So um, during my time at Rooney, me and my girlfriend, like, get to some um, arguments. And just because I had an apartment in New York, just so I didn't have to commute so much. Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm now a part-time student. Um, I'm really invested in this, like, rugby career, and I'm just taking, like like, four credits. Or four classes? Mm-hmm. No, 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 not four classes. Like two classes yeah. um, at college, uh, and my girlfriend is still living in um, in Connecticut. So I would commute to go see her, stay there a couple times. It just wasn't working. Long time. I mean, long story short, and um, it got to the point where I was now in New York by myself, um, living in Bed Stuy, and um, doing the whole Rooney thing. And I just felt alone. I didn't feel like I was mature enough to really be a professional. Um, i was still a child at heart, like still going out, even though like I had these at, um, aspirations to be great. So I decided that I was going to just drop it all. Um, I got injured my first season with it, with Rooney. Uh, I had an ankle injury, and I quickly learned, you know, the the business, you know, and how like at the end of the day, it is a business, and they're going to forget about you um, when you're a part-time guy and they haven't invested so much in you. Um, you know i i knew i had a lot of promise a lot a lot to offer but um rooney basically put me to the back seat and it it kind of hurt my mental um hurt my heart a little bit and i needed to find myself and i thought like joining the military because nobody in my family had ever joined the military or was uh you know in the army or anything like that so i wanted to be the first because my dad was the first to gr- graduate from college in the states um, from Franklin Pierce University uh, I was the second to graduate from college but I was the first to join the military and serve so um and I had a fear of of heights and I knew about um the 82nd airborne and now some um military men have the the opportunity to be paratroopers and jump out of planes so I really wanted to chase that um so when I went to my recruiter I was like hey I want to jump out of planes <laughs> I want to conquer my my fear of heights he's like oh okay yeah we have just a thing for you, Fort, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Here I come. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just the fact that I was in a a bad place and I was scared of what would come out of it. And um, I really needed some direction. And I don't know, I, I, I woke up one day and just thought, like, hey, if ever <laughs> a better time to join the military, <laughs> it's now. I should have joined out of high school, honestly. Yeah. Had I done it, like, had I gone back and done it the right way, but, you know.
0: Yeah. So, so that was a two-year commitment, or how long were you in? Yeah, there?
1: so I was supposed to be there for three years. I was there for two, and then um, I started to think, like, I don't know, the the army, like, it, it did what it, it needed, or it did what I needed it to do for me. I went to basic training, um, no phones for I think it was like two two months, and this was like kind of in the middle of COVID okay so it was even rougher or it was a lot more tough and um it just it put me in a whole different mind state like i got out of um, basic training and i went to my um, first duty station and i was like not a robot but like i was a commando for sure like taking orders um just very professional and after two years like it started getting a little toxic i started to see like some of the toxic I mean toxic parts of the army. The fact that like we work so hard Monday through Friday, but then binge drink on weekends like crazy, mm-hmm. right? The fact that like some of the people that are telling you what to do can't do the things that they're telling you what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like some things that like start to itch at your head, like I could do this better than somebody else. <laughs> yeah. But obviously you gotta put that yeah in the back and you have to respect your your ranks. Um but once I got the not the call, but I saw the American Raptors or the XOS. I yeah. saw the development of this program. Um and I don't know, it, it just uh, touched deep within within me just because I was a football player yeah. and I made the the transition a lot earlier than most of these guys. I thought that this could be a place that I could um, you know, come help um and come um begin my second chapter of my professional career as an athlete. Yeah.
0: That's super interesting because and that—that's a perfect segue. Is I, I'm interested in how the kind of the opportunity came about, like to come join the XOs, because you, like you said, you were one of the guys that came with some rugby experience, and especially early on, there wasn't that many. It was like you and, and Max, is who I can think of, honestly, and the, and a couple of guys that had some, um, you know, like Lene and Dayton that played a little bit of rugby before. Right. Um. And you are you are a crossover athlete. You just did it, like you said, a little bit earlier. So. How did that opportunity come about? And kind of, I guess kind of like what piqued your interest about it? I know you touched on a little bit right there, but.
1: No, it was just the the fact that I could, I always knew in the back of my head, playing rugby all those years, even with Rooney, I was like, dude, I've been playing with athletes that are so much better than this. Like, yeah, the skills is there, but like, I know guys that are so much tougher than this. Like, imagine if we really like did something with the the football crowd in America, like that. that was a thought that I was having back in like college, mm-hmm. back when I was playing with Rooney. But um, as I learned the business, I was like, nah, because, like, this was around the time MLR is bringing in all these foreigners. Mm -hmm. I'm watching a ton of rugby at this time, and I'm understanding that, like, you know, in order to develop a a league like the MLR, you do need um, some outside um, contributions, you know, contributors. So I wasn't sure that uh, the MLR was really ready for that that next step, because if they really were for, you know, the development of American rugby, I saw that eventually we would have to tap into all these other crazy athletes in uh in this country Mm -hmm. but um i was in the military i saw how the development of the exos was was, um, happening i saw the videos um, the tryouts and i just picked up i mean picked up my phone one day and i i think i emailed mark bullock um, the rugby director and um i told him about how like i used to play with rugby united new york how um um I'm transitioning out of the the military mm-hmm. um and that like I needed not need a new home, but like I wanted to continue my my rugby career, whether that was in the MLR or with them. But I, I told them my backstory and the fact that I was a crossover athlete. And um what really sealed the deal was, you know, um one thing that I really fell in love with with rugby, which was, was the connection, you know, how it's almost like a, a fraternity. Because um, I knew Mike and he's the one that adopted me into his rugby program. And because of that, um, relationship, Mark trusted Mike with, um, with, you know, the, the,
0: I know, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. He, he trusted like his, judgment, his like, judgment to bring you in. Like he wouldn't have brought you in if,
1: you know, exactly. you weren't like
0: a good dude and you weren't going to contribute to the program. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, I think Mike's words were he's, he'd be perfect for your program and, um, Mark heard that and the rest was history. Like literally I packed all my stuff from Fort Bragg and um I drove twenty four hours straight <laughs> to Denver, Colorado. It was the craziest um trip I've ever taken. I mean I ever took. But um like like I couldn't sleep. I was so excited to get here and get to working. I I I I had so much to offer and it's just it was an amazing ride and it was just it just added to the saga that is like my rugby career. You know. Yeah.
0: And that'd be what, like February twenty one? Yeah. Because you came a little bit after I remember kind of like everybody else it was like the you got started. Yeah. Yeah. But you were still there like early on enough. So now you've been here for almost two years. Um what do you kind of think about like how the the club has evolved? Because there has been, you know, Man, I don't even know. Hundred, hundred and fifty, like guys come through here. Yeah, man, it's like Game of Thrones <laughs> out here, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of people coming through. Yeah. Um, you know, people have gotten M L R opportunities. Like right. this, this thing has worked, and now, um, with you know entering Super Rugby Americas, it's changing a little bit. But what, like, what kind of you? You've had a unique view of the evolution of the club. So, like, what do you think about how things have changed since you've been here? Um. Like are you impressed yeah. by like how much the the success of it or just anything like that?
1: I'm definitely impressed with um how how much the players have developed, you know, mm-hmm. in the past two years I've been here. Um, the mentality has been at a standstill, I believe, within the the ranks of the players. Um, what I mean by that is just like I I feel like the slar is, uh, is gonna um, kickstart that mentality. We're gonna get there and. Whether we go in and we start winning a lot of games or we get go in and we start getting our butts kicked, I think it's going to kickstart our mentality and really awaken us to that professional, um, um, in professional, what's the word for it? Like, just not environment, because we do have a great professional environment here, but just that like, professional uh,
0: mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the like, fact that the, like the stakes are higher and are the ball is raised and you know? now you're playing for something, right? Like, right. I know... In the past, and that's what's been kind of weird is, there. Ha- you have played, you know, high level matches, right? You've played good competition, but never in the it, league. Exactly, it's always one off stuff, and so you're always playing to get better. And now it's like we actually have
1: playoff you know, something to
0: work for, like yeah. a trophy to win at the end, which does change things. As weird as that is, it
1: really does. It's like. um Obviously, this isn't the NFL, right? This isn't the NBA, but, like, this is our NFL. Yeah. You know, that's how serious I take it, right? That's how serious a lot of the the boys on the team take it. And I think, um, like, moving forward, I think everybody's going to adopt that and understand that like all right like you didn't make it to the NFL you didn't make it to the NBA whatever sport you come from but like now this is your second chance this is your second coming so take it as serious as you would have taken it if you were on the patriots if you were on the chiefs right yeah i think that's going to be really good for this program um for the staff and for the players it's a it's a learning experience for everybody you know but um we have to take it as as if it's a storybook and play those characters you know mm-hmm. um i don't know The past two years, I've seen the guys, you know, get more and more serious. Um, The core guys, for sure, because they've been here since the get-go. And as guys come in, hopefully um, they can keep, you know, the the standards high and keep um, preaching that this is a very professional environment. If you're not going to take it as if you're in the NFL and take it as if you're in uh, the upper echelon of our sport, then um, you're you're not going to be able to to thrive
0: here, you know. Mm Because there's somebody that wants to do that, right? Like there's right. always, there's always somebody else. Yes. Um, and and you've had the opportunity. I know we talked about it a little bit just before this, but you've had the opportunity to play some of the South American competition and uh, and get some runs against you know some M L R Academy teams. And we have you know a couple of matches against some M L R teams coming up here in a couple of weeks. Like what have those matches taught you about you know this team and, and like what it's going to take to compete in this league?
1: Um, it's taught me that our team physically and athletically can, um, probably beat any rugby team in the States physically and athletically. And then, um, what it's told, I mean, what it's taught me other than that is that, um, the, the importance of skills, right? The importance of communicating, um, what you see out there in the field. Um, I know in football, not everyone talks, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things that, uh, biggest work ons. Uh, for someone that comes from football to rugby, it's the fact that like you don't have a helmet. You you're required to talk and give feedback, um, live feedback as to what's happening on the field, so that everyone, the person to your left and the person to your right of you, um, you know, understands what's going on. It's almost like war, you know, like like back in the day when when um like we're talking like eighth eighth century, you know, back in the day like Vikings, like you'd have to trust the person to your left and right. And and get feedback from them on like what's going on in the battlefield as you're suffering yourself and going through the the hell that is you know fitness um, or conditioning the hell that is you know getting up and getting back online as quickly as possible and you're breathing hard but the person to the left and the right is also breathing hard and they re- they require you to give them feedback so they can feel comfortable so I guess that's like one of the biggest work ons we've been we've been going through but Other than that, I just feel like this whole experience is going to really awaken um, America. I mean, American rugby, American rugby players Mm -hmm. to the potential that um, Slar and just playing north and south of us um, can give us. And yeah.
0: Cool. And then I was going to ask, you kind of answered it there, but like what excites you most about joining this competition? Oh, yes.
1: Um, what excites me most is seeing my limits, you know? Like, I want to get stepped, I want to get crushed, I want to get exposed. Obviously, I'm going to do everything in my power to to prevent that from happening, which is why um, Infinity Park and the American Raptors is one of the best um, professional programs I've been a part of because they have all the, the tools and the facilities to get you ready for war and get you ready for that high um, level of competition. But for me, it's just I want to be put in very, um, unco- I mean, uncomfortable situations so that I can see exactly where I'm at. You know, um, the past two years I've been at a point where you know I feel like I'm I'm a really good rugby player, but um, it's almost like I need to go back to basic training and I need to get whipped again mm-hmm. so that I can be like, all right, like you know, obviously I watch a lot of rugby and like watching is one thing. You can see some way. Like I'm a very visual learner, so. Like, I can see someone do something on uh, on YouTube at, like, a high level, like a Pro 14 level, and I can be very confident that I can do it. But um, being there is completely different. So now that we're going to be playing against guys that have contracts um, with their their um, their home countries and are playing at, like, very high international levels and potentially going to be playing in top 14, and getting traded to, like, you know, Super Cup over in, like, israel and um, georgia and like all these other different leagues right Mm -hmm. so now it's like there's no excuse like the film that i'm going to get from this league and the film that we're going to get is going to be very crucial for our development as professional um, athletes and i mean as professional rugby players because now it's like when we do well like there's no critics you can't say like oh like they were playing um, the yeah. academy side. Oh, they're playing these no names. Nah, like we're playing some of the best rugby players in South America. Yeah. So that's probably what really um, excites me about this next venture.
0: That's awesome, and, and you have an interesting perspective on things. And I wanted to kind of, I, this, I'm trying to like phrase how I want to ask this because I don't really know yet. But for for somebody that I've heard, uh, you know, recently, like the more you make yourself suffer, like the better and like easier life gets right so that goes for you know getting in like a cold tub every day or like working really hard and you kind of sound like you have that mindset right like you want to go to the army to see how hard it was and you're saying like i want to get stepped i want to you know miss tackles because that that kind of shows you where you are so you're going back to last summer in the the slar exhibition and you wind up on the wrong end of a of the Haguare's match, like, what does that, like, what do you take away from that? Because I can imagine it's – you have an interesting mindset, like I just said, so I can imagine you probably look at it different than, like, I would, right? I'm not you. I didn't join the military to see <laughs> how hard it was. Um, Because to, to me, like, if I – I'm just going back to when I'm playing football and I'm playing rugby, if I wind up on the wrong end of a, a scoreline like that, like, I'm really, like, down on myself and I'm in my own head and it kind of, like, makes me, like – apprehensive question, right? to, yeah like what am I doing like why I can't like touch these guys but like I can imagine you probably aren't thinking that right so like what do you take out of you know specifically that that match against Jaguars last year
1: yeah we got our butts kicked pretty bad against Jaguars but you know we I went into the game with the mentality that like like win or lose you know no matter what the scoreboard is it's all about the fight like we knew they they had dogs on their team they yeah. had several you know puma sevens players a couple puma 15s players guys that like are going to be moving up to play for the argentinian national team so personally i was like all right let's do it like, like let's see how good these guys really are you know i told my guys before it's like this is an in this is a team battle but this is also an individual battle going into this game like you're going to see the guy across from you and he he um, may be better than you, but understand that, like, you you need to get everything you can out of him so that you can leave this match learning as much about yourself and as much about this game as you can. You know what I mean? Like, put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Like, like get up as fast as you can. Even if you're dying and you can't move, like, just do it because because you're playing against like some of the best yeah. players you've ever played against and I remember in that that match I think it was it was for like 15 minutes like we were down a player we were down I think one or two players and we held them yeah. um for for like 15 or 17 minutes where it was like we were two tries down and then obviously the 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 fitness kicked in and we started dying and started feeling bad for ourselves but um I I looked at that game and I took it personal. Yes, I was thinking about the team, and I was trying to make sure that I did, like, what was needed for the team to succeed. But also at a personal level, I was seeing how good I could be um, against some of these wingers, against some of these backs. Like, I really wanted to play 13 and see how it, it felt to play against a guy that played rugby all his life or tackle a guy who's played rugby all his life off a of scrum, mm-hmm. off a of lineout, like – like, am I going to, like, sit back and and allow this guy to run me over, or am I going to step to the challenge and run through him, right? Yeah. So just, like, all these different um, scenarios. I really wish we got the, the ball more on offense. A lot of our scrums were lost, and a lot of our lineouts were lost, because I really think, like, athletically and physically, we would have gave them a, a run for their money out wide. Like, mm-hmm. I remember having conversations with our wingers and our 13s, our centers and our wingers like daytuan and tell and like literally like saying like hey like bro like these guys aren't like that much special like like the stuff they're doing out there it's not it's not because we we're not as good as them it's just because they have more experience than us right yeah they just have more reps so it's just second nature for them to get back up and get back into it they don't have to think twice so after that game we got to a point where or i got to a point where i understood that i needed to work so hard that i couldn't get it wrong it wasn't about getting it right anymore yeah. it's doing it so much that you couldn't get it wrong so
0: and the and the reason i asked that is like to not throw shade or anything but it's because there's more people that are like me than like you right there's more people that can look at that scoreline and be like oh yeah what? these guys are wasting their time like you've been working on this for 2 years and like this is what you put forth but like that's easy for people to say because they're not doing it. They're not, like, putting in the work, and they're not stepping on the the field to play Jaguares, you know? So, like, that's why, like, I'm trying to get into (laughs) your head, like, to see, you know, how you look at it because it is going to be different, and that's ultimately right. Like, I get that, and, you know, as the older I get, especially in this last year, it's like you want to make people, like, acknowledge your presence, right? Like, you might lose, but, like, you want to give people all they can handle in anything, right? Like, you can take that in any you know if you're interviewing for a job like and you and it's a job you you're pretty sure you're not going to get like make it hard on them right like go in there with the mentality like I'm going to give the best interview I can I'm going to present myself the best I can so that it does make the decision a little bit tougher
1: 100% That's a good
0: way to to live life I think so that that's why I asked that question because I appreciate been, that and and, and I'm glad that you kind of got what I was getting because I know I was having a hard time landing the plane there. Yeah, some uh, people
1: some people think it's odd like the way I, I kind of live my life. Um, I like I'm not a robotic, but I'm a pretty stern, serious individual, especially when it comes to like my craft. and um, that kind of leaks into the rest of my life. but I love it. I enjoy um, acting that way and, and such um in such ways like some people you know they can feel the the tension like they can feel that energy coming off of me because like I'm so passionate about you know this rugby thing and this athletic thing because I you know I recently I've learned or not learned I always knew this but it really hit hard like how little time we have left with like these able bodies and how little time we have left to do what we love, you know, someone very close to me, you know, um, it was basically taken from him. Right. So, and, and after that experience with him and just um, sitting down and just thinking about how he's not able to do what he wants, but I am, it's almost like I'm um, dedicating this next chapter of my, my athletic career to him. And um, I've always thought like that, but this really um, touched heart and almost like, you know, Flip the switch in in my head and my heart. So I'm trying to get any everything I can out of this experience, everything I can out of this SLAR um, competition that I can. And um, I'm sure to, to give them hell. And I'm sure my, my teammates will as well.
0: And that's but. that's the difference because, like I said, those there's people out there like, oh, this is a waste of time. Why, why are you doing this? But like those people would like to be doing what you're doing. They would love to line up and play against Jaguars, But they won't, and they never will because they're not like you, right? They don't right. attack things the same way as you do, and they're not as focused on getting better as you do. So that's the reason I asked that question. That's a great answer. That is, you know, it's good to, to be aware of that stuff for sure. Uh, Samuel, I, th- I got one more, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I really do appreciate your time. This has been oh, really good. You. Uh, so you've you obviously you've been around for, for two years now. You spent – uh, the last two years around Sarah Shabbat, and now you're embarking on this new journey with Sarah Shabbat, kind of steering the ship. Yes. Um, what What does she like as a head coach? What's she like to play for? and why do you think that she got this job?
1: Well, I've been with a lot of coaches throughout my athletic career, and um, the best coaches and the ones that I've always loved are the ones that you play for, um, and the ones that you you're almost scared to to fail because you know, you don't wanna let them down. Like in high school, uh, my senior year of football, we went undefeated won a state championship. Um, my coach, um, Colin Brown, um, he was great because of the fact that he was almost like a father figure. And that's almost what I see in bot. Um, we've adopted her as like basically our mother, you know, and um, and, and, it's, and it's really good because of the sport that we played this rough ass I mean, this rough sport where um, you're being tested at so many levels. Um, having someone that is a, a a figure of the team, right, but also knows exactly what she's talking about, also has been there, has done a lot of the stuff that we have, um, that we've done and has done some of the things that we want to do, you know, like she's um, a decorated international um, women's rugby player. Right. And she's played in different countries and she's had a lot of these injuries. Right. And um, the fact that she's a forward even helps us m- because we all know that the forwards are the the ones that really like win the games for us. It, all these aspects have helped um, with the. With not conforming, but just like bringing in all these like football players and getting them to to adopt the, the rugby mentality and adopt the rugby culture. Um I think a lot of it has to do with just, um coach bot is always going to be the same way she's never going to switch up on you you know a lot of people will will act one way on Monday and then act the another way on Thursday with bot you're going to get the same person every time and it's going to be a caring loving individual but at the same time someone that's going to demand respect from you and um she's done that since day 1 and I I I'm so happy for her and I'm so glad that she got um the head coaching job because the whole time I've been here, it's been I think in the back of my head and I know some of my teammates had that like she's the perfect person for the job. I remember when we went to Uruguay the first time, mm-hmm. um, she stepped up and became the head coach for that thing, first week. That the first whole week. time I was there, yeah. Yeah. And um we did well. We excelled, our practices were were sharp and um efficient. And um, I think that was, like, the first, you know, um, drop of blood. And that's what really led to um, this turning point in our program where now she's the head coach and um, she's calling the shots. And, like, I want to be just like Bot. Uh, She's someone that, like, you inspire to be. And I think that's a huge part of it as well. Um, Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's a good answer. And I agree. I'm... Samu, thank you so much for your time, man. I really enjoyed no, talking you to you. Thank you It's
1: my second podcast ever. You know, I was a bit nervous, but you You crushed it. You crushed it. You couldn't you tell. me out. So
0: looking forward to watching you play and looking forward to uh, you guys taking Super Rugby Americas by storm.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Colin.
0: All right. Hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with American Raptors utility back Samu Smith. Appreciate Samu taking the time on his day off to come chat with me. I always appreciate that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought he gave some great answers. I um, mean, it was good to get him, get to know him a little bit better. So, let's go ahead and jump in the required reading portion of the show now. Required reading is brought to you by Gilbert Rugby. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert Rugby gear. Uh, this piece is titled "Raptors Prepare for Super Rugby America's Challenge" is published in ESPN Scrum. It's in Spanish. So you have to translate it on your computer, but. Um, my Chrome does a good job of that, so it should give you a little drop-down box that says Always Translate uh, Spanish to English. I just checked that, and I'm good to go. Um, but it's just a good profile on American Raptors head coach Sarah Shabbat as the Raptors prepare for their inaugural season of Super Rugby Americas. Um, just a good way to get to know Shabbat a little bit, and just kind of the, the, the feeling and the expectations of this program heading into this first season, because it's kind of weird. Like This is how I felt when this crossover program started um, and they went down to New Orleans to play that first match, I got the to, to travel down there with them. And it just was such a weird feeling because it's like literally anything could happen. They could, they could go out and lose by triple digits. They could go out and win. Um, they could you know, you just didn't know it was going to happen. It could be, uh, they could just be naturals at it and they ended up going and winning uh, by a couple of scores and, and it never really was super close um, they they kind of jumped on them early and that's how I feel about this competition. It's obviously a little bit different. It's not all crossover athletes anymore. We talked about the top of the show. There are some South Americans that have played in in SLAR before um, and they have some experienced MLR players that are going to be good for this club as well. Um, but if it, it, it feels the same way. They could go down and, and be competitive and, and win matches and make a run at, at the title here in this first year. They could go down and, and wind up on the wrong side of some big score lines. It, it's just hard to tell. I don't know what's going to happen. That's why I'm super excited for these preseason matches, uh, one against Seattle, of course, and a couple other MLR teams that have yet to be announced. But uh, I just am excited to see what it looks like because the, the sky's the limits and, and the possibilities are endless, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, so it's just kind of a good look at, at the the mindset and the vibe going into the season um, from from the mind of Sarah Shabbat, head coach. So I uh, recommend checking that out. It's a good read. Um, and I'll link it in the article that houses this podcast as well as the description of the podcast if you're interested in checking it out. Uh, we'll jump into Stat of the Week here. The Stat of the Week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels. Whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players, Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. I don't have any stats again. Again, I'm waiting on, on some matches and stuff to be played, and then we'll get back in the stats. Um, I'll try to conjure some up next week for sure. So sorry about that. No Stat of the Week. Uh, but but that's where we would talk about it. So let's go ahead and close the show with The Loop. Loop is presented by First Bank. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, remember FDIC. Just follow along with everything we've got going on at the NVR underscore rugby. I'm going to be making some fun content here in a couple of weeks. Got some good podcasts coming out. And the best place to stay on top of all that is on Twitter, at the NVR underscore rugby, at Colton Strickler. Um, and that's it. That's the show. So thanks to Samu for for joining me. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that conversation. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the rugby this weekend. Catch you all back here next Friday.